Hello, and welcome to another Myths and Stories, a Destiny 2 lore podcast. Uh, I'm still in my new space, my new office. It's awesome, and I hopefully have helped cancel some of the echo for Myths to not have to worry about editing too much. Uh, last week episode, we finished out our 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 history of the Elixni, uh, and now uh, this this is our final episode of the year. Myth, we made it. We did. It's amazing. We 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 got all the way to the end. It's that's that's it's. I'm so excited. This is this this is amazing. Um, yeah. So we wanted to do something kind of special for our last episode. We've done episodes like what we're going to do tonight before, but but the ones that we've done before have been in like a almost like a prediction uh, style. This is going to be more of a reaction style. So the new season came out. Uh, what is it? Almost been two weeks now, uh, a little over a week and a half. Yeah. Um, so we've had uh, two two weeks worth of seasonal story. We've had um, a new dungeon come out. Uh, we've had a ton, obviously a ton of new weapons, ton of new armor, um, all sorts of really cool uh, new things to to experience. The the dawning's active. Uh, Moments of triumphs is active. Uh, there, there's a lot to do in Destiny right now, so we're gonna we're gonna focus tonight uh, specifically on the story beats that are happening uh, in the in these the final season of the Witch Queen. Uh, that being the current season season is it is it just called Season of the Seraph? I think so. Season of the Seraph, yeah. Season of the Seraph, um, which is hilarious because one of our one of our clan members is Seraphim, and so he keeps thinking it's his season, and we're like, no, 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 it's. I mean, it it is. It, it it's literally named after you. So yeah, we get it, but it's not. Yeah, but yeah. So we're gonna uh, we're gonna look into that. Uh, obviously, we're gonna go over the uh, the new dungeon. There's that like. I have so many questions for Myth about this one because I didn't do any of my homework, mainly because I was sick for a week and it sucked. Uh, yeah, you have an excuse this time. This is true. I, this normally I just don't do my homework. Now I can, now I don't do my homework and then create an excuse for why I didn't do my homework. <laughs> <laughs> this is like high school all over again. Uh, so yeah. Uh, so Myth, let's start off. Um, let's start off with the season itself. Uh, season of the Seraph. Uh, What's happening? What what's what's going on? Who are the major players? Yeah, so um, we're not going to go over you know verbatim what's happened in the two weeks worth of story because we kind of figure everyone's playing it. Uh, but the general beats are uh, this season is all about Rasputin and Clovis Bray. Uh, so you know Anna has been in the background since um, since Beyond Light, really. Holy cow. Yeah. Arrivals. Uh, yeah. Yeah. When they packed up all the planets. Yeah. So she, she has been since then trying to take the, the fragmented data of the um, nearly erased Rasputin that she stored into an engram. She's been trying to upload that into an exo frame, trying to give him some new form of life and has just been hitting wall after wall after wall. And it yeah is not making any progress. And is finally approached um, by the recently awoken Osiris, who had these visions during his his awakening from his coma uh, from Savathun of this colony on Neptune, which we know as Neomuna from the Lightfall uh, you know campaign um, marketing material. 
Uh, but he, no one else knows it exists. And he is convinced that like this thing is out there. It's important. Savathun knew about it and knew it was important. We need to find it. The only thing that could remember where it was or could help help us try and locate this colony is Rasputin. We really need Rasputin. Uh, and additionally, the Vanguard is very interested in getting Rasputin back for military purposes because they know the witness is coming too. So this has really put pressure on Anna to like get this done. Osiris is trying to help her as much as he can. And eventually it comes down to the person that needs to assist putting Rasputin's mind in an exo is the person that created exos. And that is Clovis Bray, uh, who still lives as an AI in the, you know, Bray tech facility on Europa. Uh, and, and as our local gunsmith and a version of him uh, <laughs> exists as Banshee. Uh, that is a story for another day. That is. But the uh, so we we arrive on Europa, find that Clovis is under attack, uh, defend him, and end up transporting his his you know AI brain, his data from Europa over into the helm in this exo body, uh, so that he can assist with the upload and rebuilding of Rasputin. Okay. So, okay. So, all right. Where I, I've got questions. I swear I wrote them down. <laughs> I wrote them down in my mind and that is a dangerous place to store things. So I'll start, I'll start with, uh, with, with kind of some simple ones. I guess some simple ones. Uh, first off is Clovis Bray. Is he no longer being housed on Europa now then? So he's, he's fully, he's been fully downloaded and he is now residing in that exo at the helm correct that is the impression i got because after anna took him out of you know the giant exo head on europa um like we see data stream coming from that head to an engram that she's holding yep um which i guess is like their version of a flash drive well right because and we talked about it before like what is an engram it's it's a it's a it's another state of matter like like water like like air like or gas liquid solid is another state of matter it's just the the data state of matter so it can freely i I feel like it could flow like water or air yeah i mean clearly it it works as a solid currently yeah but um but so she, after that point, that Clovis head never has interactions with us again. Because there's a few times where we're doing a mission, like uh, I think one of the heist missions, we run past him and it's, he's talking, but that no, none of the lights or anything on the head are lighting up or anything. No. And, and when he's speaking, it's like the automated, you know, alert kind of voice, right. you know, kind of messages. So it may be in his voice, but it's not, it does not appear to be you know, his higher functioning it's, it's consciousness. Like, it's like over comms type thing or, yeah, or something like yeah. that, right? Yeah. Okay. So I think for all intents and purposes, Clovis is in the exo body. So I guess I guess that's a, that, that kind of brings up a, a secondary question. Is that a good or a bad thing? Eh, like, right like is it is it is it good that he is no longer on the main uh facility his, basically hit what what has been his home for centuries uh is it good that he's no longer in that facility but i feel like 90 percent of that facility is probably automated 
and oh, yeah. he, Lord knows he's got backdoor security to everything. So he's just because he's just because his consciousness is in a new spot or his AI mind is in a new spot doesn't mean that he doesn't have access to it. So, right. And I I don't know that that I don't think he was doing anything in that facility. Like he wasn't running anything in that facility. Right. Um I guess purely just he was hidden away in there. Uh yeah. Clovis and and this is this is something I, I want to address that's kind of a prediction, I suppose. There's a lot of people that are are like, oh, Clovis is gonna betray us to the witness. Clovis is gonna betray us I to the witness. So. He was the first one. Or that, he's or he's gonna just know. completely like wipe out the war mind stuff. Like he he was always against the war not not against the war mind, but he always thought exos were the future of humanity. Whereas like Anna was all about war mind can help too. But I, I I feel like he's gonna like wipe out the war mind, like just completely just be like erased, done. Now I'm the big, now I'm the savior. Now I'm the, the God of humanity. I, I don't think he's ever been against the war minds. He has been against Anna teaching the war minds to have thoughts or feelings. He, he sees oh. their, their role as computer programs. They have an input, they have an output right. and there is no emotion involved, involved. The same, the same way he sees uh hive magic. It's all because there's a few times during the missions, uh, I think it was this week where he's like, you see crystals and magic. All this is is frequencies of this and da 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 da. And so he's like explaining it almost in a scientific sense. So he yeah. he really does just see it as a as another tool, as another piece of machine, equipment, whatever. Yeah, he he sees uh, the want to teach a war mind emotions as a frivolous, unneeded function. Um, so I. I don't think he's going to betray us to the witness and I don't think he's going to wipe out the war mind for the sole per for the sole reason of he is too much of a selfish bastard who cares about his legacy yeah. to, to do that. Like if he betrays humanity to the witness, all of his work is gone. All his name yeah. means nothing because there's no one there. There's to, no humanity. There's no nothing. Right. There's no soul system. There's no one there to care about it anymore. Exactly. So now, so so at that point in time, then who's the the father of all humanity or anything like that? Yeah. yeah. No. That's yeah. At that point, who cares? They're it's all gone. And the same thing with the the war mind. Like he doesn't care. He doesn't want the war mind to have you know emotions necessarily. He wants it to be a does what it's told kind of thing, but sure. he cares that the war minds are associated with the Bray name and he doesn't That's, want them to go away Yes, because that devalues him. Exactly. Exactly. I think that is the bigger picture there of the fact that war mind is associated with Bray, just, just even the name Bray, it's Bray tech, Bray, whatever the fact that it is associated with Bray is that prestigiousness to himself. Like he's that yeah. much of a pompous, like full of himself oh, asshole. Yeah. That's just like, yeah, that's got my name on it. I'm the greatest suck at world. So in a very strange way, I really think Clovis is too egotistical to betray us. <laughs> I, I, I can see it. I could definitely agree with that. Yeah. Um, okay. So, uh, Clo I, I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to fully commit to that idea. I think there's still like a little inkling. Like he's, he's obviously got some sort of plan of his own going on. Oh yeah. I don't think he's going to just do what we want him to do, <laughs> but he's not going to doom humanity or at least not intentionally. 
Exactly. Exactly. Because like during the during some of the missions, he's like, oh, we've got to get my plan. I mean, I mean, our plan going. And, and then like later on, he's like, yeah, I've got to get my pro- my progeny. I mean, I mean, I mean, our our project or what? It, like he's 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 constantly correcting himself yeah. between my and our. And so like he's he's clearly got something going on. But I, I think you're right. I don't think it's super crazy. Um, OK, so that brings me to question number two. Um, uh, we know we've had a few interactions with Mara uh, as well. Uh, what's the significance of Mara being part of the story beat? So we haven't had a lot of Mara enter the main um, kind of narrative line in the season yet. Uh, but she seems to mostly be kind of keeping an eye on the system in general because she's the one that's directing us. Um, and to to back up for a second, the way they're rebuilding Rasputin is there are submines. Um, so when when Rasputin had his shutdown or had had his meltdown, uh, his mind was partitioned off into these various submines. So you can think of these as all little pieces of Rasputin. Like honestly, it's not exactly accurate, but the way to think about it is like the uh what was that movie inside out where it's like all the emotions are a different person oh yeah Um, yeah same kind of thing all of these little submines are a different part of rasputin but they're all individual while they're separated now that that portion of it was was a little bit retconned back in d1 right because there was yeah uh there was there was this talk of like this charlemagne uh, uh, submine, which I think we go and visit that. That's I think that's this week's, the current week's yep. um, mission is to go reconnect that. Which I was super. I was like, if they don't include Charlemagne, like that's that's a giant middle finger to the community. I feel like that's <laughs> they have to include that as one of the ones. I was a little weirded out that it wasn't the first one because I I can't even remember the first one. Like Ma- Maharaja or Ma- yeah, Mahadishu. it was it was a I, it was a, it was a name I can't pronounce. <laughs> I'm not I'm I'm butchering it, but uh, but yeah. So like, because uh, originally that in D1 we found something like that, and they're like, oh, it's a second, it's a second war mind thing. But then they were, but then like Bungie was like, no, 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 no. We just want one war mind. So it it was yeah. a sub mind, and and it it part it named itself. Yeah, it's a, it, a little bit of tomfuckery there, but. Uh, but yeah, so so all the di- all the different submines. That's what that's what we're trying to connect back to him right now to hopefully get essentially a a, a I like to call it like a base build yeah. of Rasputin back yep. together, like just a just a good clean rebuild. Yeah, they're they're reloading, you know, reimaging Rasputin at this point. I was I was gonna uh, say <laughs> image because I knew you knew exactly what I'm talking about. But yeah, a base image of yeah. Rasputin. <laughs> that gold master. Um, there it is. There it is. But so Mara has been the one keeping an eye on enemy movements and has thus far been the one directing us to, hey, there's enemies at this old Seraph bunker. There's enemies at this old Seraph bunker and kind of giving us indications of where these submines may be hiding. Um. And in addition to that, she is also keeping a eye on Shivu Arath because, you know, Shivu was kind of the main antagonist-ish in Season of the Lost. Shivu is responsible for uh, all of the um, Techians that were, were taken that we saved during Season of the Lost. 
Uh, Shivu also responsible for, it sounds like a majority of the military forces that are coming with the witness are going to be under the direction of Shivu. And, you know, Mara has a bit of an ax to grind with her. Uh, and, you know, keeping an eye on her informs us as to how close the witness's forces are. So she's been doing reconnaissance on Shivurath and kind of the main bulk of their military force uh, to, to hold them up as much as they can in the background, yeah. as well as keep us informed as to how close they are. Yeah. Okay. So that's, so that's Mara's main, main, uh, uh, dealings in this story. That's uh, the other main character that we've got, uh, kind of floating around who, uh, kind of came out of nowhere, uh, at the end of last season, uh, Osiris. Yep. He's awake. He's fully garbed up. He's, he's, he's like, let's, let's, let's go, go guardian go or something. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe, maybe he's got a cool saying, uh, but he's not exactly a light bearer anymore. He's not exactly immortal. Nope. Uh, which he he makes very apparent during this, like some of the dial, some like the post oh, uh, yeah. mission dialogues where he's like, take some time, like sit sit down and smell the smell the tea, and 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 yeah, he's he's very, uh, I don't, maybe not regretful. I maybe maybe a little regretful. I mean, he he's very aware that he has a time limit now. Yeah, and, and this is someone that has lived since the Dark Ages, has lived for hundreds of years at least, has spent a large majority of those years, um, you know, at least in the presence of or or nearby, uh, you know, a, a, a loved one in in the form of saint, and now this is somebody that is is staring down the barrel of of an end you know, an inevitable end. Yeah. Like just, just of life. Like that's yeah. it, it, natural life. It's not a, you're not an undead zombie anymore. You're like, what? I like, I, it's, it's so odd because this is, this is probably the first, I can't think of any other guardian that has, had their light taken away and 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 is still around afterwards like usually like lights taken away they die their final death that's it game over so this is really just this this it's unknown territory for for Osiris yeah i mean there's there's Eris i suppose but she is a bit of a unique case you know she she's supplemented in some other ways <laughs> yeah i equate her craziness to uh, ahamkara wish fuckery yeah, is what yeah. that is that's that's the only reason she's still not like i feel like she could she could go toe-to-toe with the guardian and then she would just pop back up but i think it's whatever whatever that wish was of i need to get out of the hell pit the the hell mouth to now like whatever whatever that wish that happened there i i think that magic is still going or that's that's what's keeping her around maybe maybe she's eternally tied to darkness i don't i don't know yeah um yeah so uh the other thing that uh that's on osiris's mind is this place uh he keeps mentioning neptune and how sabathun it it showed him to him it's important he's got to go find it that's kind of like this whole that's that's why he comes to anna he's like rasputin knows where it is like we we've got to get rasputin up and running so i've got a couple of questions there uh, one, what what the hell is 
what's what's this importance here? Obviously, outside of the game, as far as marketing material, we know this is as as Neo Muna um, uh, on on Neptune, the the Cloud City, all that stuff. Uh, but what's what's the What's the significance there of him being like, he's really, really adamant about this. So Osiris, we know from the, the last season's cutscene where Osiris wakes up that he had uh, memories of Sabathun when he woke up. Uh, and in those memories was Sabathun's knowledge of this colony on Neptune. And uh I don't know that that that's specifically stated, but Savathun was considered that colony of extreme importance in the upcoming battle with the witness. Um, and so Osiris is now seeing this as like this is this is this hidden little piece of information that could drastically change the course of this upcoming battle. And I, I think part of it is not only this desperation of like, you know, this will help us win. This will help us keep people safe. It's also a bit of desperation of I'm still relevant. I still have information no one else has. And Ooh. he's he's like he always has trying to prove his, yeah. this, his theories as to like, there's this big bad coming. Somebody please listen to me because we can prevent it or we can make it easier. I mean, that's that's how he's always been like that's yep that was the whole thing with the entire infinite forest and why he even left the tower in the first place oh my god i never looked at it like that but that's absolutely is is osiris kind of an arrogant ass well i mean he introduces himself to clovis as <laughs> has no equal so <laughs> has no equal yeah yeah he's the two of them in the same room is kind of like yeah <laughs> pot meat kettle how you do it <laughs> yeah um but yeah so he's he's we we gotta we gotta we gotta i guess we gotta do what he says yeah um and that that unless you've got another uh question you want to talk about right now i can't think of any major questions for the story as as far as what we've seen so far like i said it's the 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 main bulk of it is is just been like the whole, the whole is 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 Clovis even housed there on Europa anymore, or and does it matter? What's the deal with with Mara and then Osiris? Like that's, it's, yeah. We've never seen these three players on the same stage at the same time, and so to have all three of them together is just kind of, I don't want to say it's weird. It it just it 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 felt a little disjointed. Yeah. But then to to like for the way that you're explaining it, we're like, oh, well, this is part of the bigger puzzle. And and each of these pieces have that bigger puzzle, puzzle bigger piece of the bigger puzzle that they're playing, and it's all feeding together. So that's that's making a lot more sense now to me. And that that is really what what I think we're looking at is, um, you know, these are all characters that have we've interacted with, as in like they're kind of all doing their own thing. They live in the yeah. same universe, but they're all doing separate things. But now they're all at risk. And so by nature of, of, you know, a solar system level threat, they have yeah. to start talking to each other. They have yeah. to start working with each other. Uh, and we've seen some, some of the um, trailers and stuff show pictures of Mara talking to Keitel and Osiris. And like, yeah. we're going to see more and more of these individuals start to cross paths while, as they work Are on we? their their different spaces we, of the world. Are we forming a Justice League? 
I don't know if a Justice League, because it's not. In, I mean, there's individuals All right. that. All right, man. we'll go. We'll go with the Avengers. It's fine. They're, that's the better cinematic, anyway. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I feel like that misses the point, but okay. <laughs> this is true. It absolutely does. Uh, but yeah, that's what it feels like. It feels like like every single every single person of the of the every major player of the Destiny universe. Um, and, and I think it all really started with Savathun, right? Like her coming, the, the entire Witch Queen campaign and her coming into play and saying, hey, we need to hide the Traveler away. We need to, it's it, the whole light and dark thing. We just need to null the field and say the best way to play this game is to stop playing. And for her to come out that way about the entire situation between light and dark and for us to go, oh, uh, but wait, we like the traveler. We it, traveler good, right? Yeah, we, and we so need now that. it's it's we need that. Yeah, we can put that back. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so it's it's it, it's very much like she definitely I feel like is the main catalyst to bring all the people together and go. Okay, if this is happening and we still want to kind of live the way we live type thing, we're now now we all have to work together. We all have to play this bigger part in this bigger stage uh, for the soul system. So yeah, uh, so that's kind of that's kind of our our little reactionary thing to the season. Uh, Myth, you had some uh, some some lore entries and some stuff. Yeah, so we're gonna go over some readings tonight, and uh, I think actually the best place to start, since we were just talking about Osiris and and kind of the these different characters coming across each other, is gonna be the seasonal armor sets, um, which is the Warmind's avatar set. Uh, and all of the entries are the same across all the different classes. I think they've started doing that with with all the seasons. It seems like, yeah, it, it seems to be that way. Um, for certain things, at least it, it kind of flip flops, to be honest. Okay. Uh, sometimes they'll separate them. Sometimes they won't, but this time they didn't. So I'm going to be reading from the warlock set. Uh, cause warlock is literally the best class. Yes, of course. No question. <laughs> exactly. I have no equal. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> mm. Well, he's not a warlock anymore. It doesn't matter. Oh, oh, man. So, like, what is he? Like, he still wears sun bracers. He's just a dude. He's just a dude in a robe. He's just the eccentric old guy that wears Egyptian robes and burning gloves to work. Right? Like, he just cosplays to work. Yep. That's it. <laughs> oh, my God. Is he is he a cosplayer now? Is he just cosplaying as a guardian now? Oh, no. <laughs> Dude, we have so many fun theories here about Osiris and, like... Like he's, it's such an unknown now. It's this is such an unknown space that we can just be like, this is what it is now. Like mm. I'm so excited to see where his story's going. I am too. So uh, without further ado, we're gonna start in on this war on this Warmind seasonal set that is focused on Osiris and some of the struggles he is dealing with. Uh, being you know coming out of this coma. I. Uh, considering the conditions that put him in it in the first place, Savathun's possession of him and, uh, you know, why he is so insistent on looking into this colony. So we're going to start with the Warmind's avatar headpiece and the lore card goes like this. He is not compromised. 
St. Vortine's voice echoes off the walls of Ikora's study. It would be hoarse if he weren't an exo. They've been arguing for over an hour. Ikora crosses her arms over her chest. We can't know that for sure. You can't, Saint fires back, but I can. I see it in him. The frustration, the guilt, the pain. Osiris is telling the truth about his visions. I don't doubt that he is, Ikora replies, a note of frustration creeping into her own voice. But my hidden turned their eyes to Neptune and found nothing. I can't ignore the possibility that Savathun planted those visions in his head to misdirect us. So you ignore his warnings instead, Saint asks pointedly. Send your spies for a quick glance and then bury your findings in a drawer? Is every word Osiris speaks forever tainted by the witch queen? Ikora says nothing in response. The silence drags on until Saint grumbles to himself and turns to leave. Saint, Ikora calls after him, warmer than before. Osiris needs to rest. Please, keep an eye on him. Why? Saint asks without looking back. I'm sure your hidden have enough eyes on him as it is. And he leaves before Ikora can say another word. Alone in her study, she reaches into a drawer and pulls out a stack of papers. Documents she had once been ordered to destroy, but instead preserved. Osiris's prophecies from a time when she trusted his every word. And that's the end of that one. I think that's I think that's one thing that that we always have to remember between Osiris and Ikora. Osiris was Ikora's teacher. Yeah. And Ikora not, not just teacher, mentor like every like Ikora really looked up to Osiris and cuz that like when he left the city the first time, like he had all these prophecies. He had all these things and it's 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 tough to look at that but then to know, like, and she says it right there too, like, like, Savathun had a hold of him. Like, we don't know, like, we re- we really can't be fully. The fact that she is the the god of trickery, we really can't be a hundred percent on anything, you know. Like, maybe she was just showing him those visions to screw with him, to screw with us. Like, we we had no idea that she that she fully became a guardian until we walked in and and saw her ghost. We had no idea about some of these things, and so it's 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 tough. On that side, but then it's also like looking at Saint's side, right? Like Saint, very trusting, has has finally got him back. Like it's it's, I mean, this is the first time that they've been they've been able to be together for like years. I mean, Saint was lost in the Infinite Forest for God knows how long, um, or I guess technically dead. I don't know. Yeah, time yeah. is a weird <laughs> thing, and and with Vex. Uh, so, uh, but yeah, like it's like that's the, I can see I can, it, it's very frustrating on both sides. I can see the the headbutting there yeah. that's happening, and and then uh, again, like you know, with Saint's frustration at the end, like you've got your eyes on everyone anyway. Like why don't you go? Why don't you go check them out? Like it, at at some point in time, I think the two of them. But I mean, Saint's also kind of like a he's a bit of a 
I don't want to say stubborn, but he's he's a little bit hard. He's he's a stubborn he titan. Yeah. Like he's 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 a, he's a he'll headbutt a kill like it's nothing. Um, <laughs> so yeah, like it he he can he can be a little a little stubborn himself. So I can I can see the hesitation on both sides. I can see the 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 warrant for like hey maybe we're a little cautious at looking at this. I also um, definitely look at like this whole thing of like, hey, is Neomora, Neomuna, the new Wakanda? If we're gonna keep these Marvel references going, um, <laughs> like, hey, it's over there, and then they go show up, and oh, there's nothing there. <laughs> but then later we find out, oh, it's got the greatest technology in the entire universe. Oh, well, it's right at the back door. There it is. I mean, that seems pretty accurate, actually, from what we've seen so far. <laughs> See, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's it's a little ridiculous, but yeah. Um, hey you don't you don't break what it fix right like that's wait no that's not <laughs> it anyway uh okay so we have this we have this interaction there between uh say and and again it's it's very much a one of frustration on both sides yeah and uh you know ikora is not the only one that has concerns about you know osiris's uh how reliable the information he has is how how much they can trust him at this point uh osiris himself it has the same questions and uh, we see some of that in the gloves. So the war minds avatar gloves uh, that follow Osiris now and then go like this. Osiris pulls the hood of his oversized cloak forward, though he hopes to pass through the Batsa district unnoticed. The sharp beak protruding from his shadowy hood betrays his disguise. Elixni passerby stare at him with suspicion. The erstwhile warlock slips into a darkened corner of the ether tank, where the bar where the bar room floor bustles with both human and elixni gamblers, who wager whether the warmind Rasputin will be restored, and how many civilians it will kill if revived. On the far side of the room, Spider lords over the scene with satisfaction. Osiris watches him, intent on finding a way to discreetly question him regarding Neptune. The Elixni crime boss has cultivated a different set of informants than the hidden, and Osiris needs intel from the widest net possible. Suddenly, Osiris feels the hair on the back of his neck stand up. Though he no longer has his light, centuries of training have left his intuition as sharp as ever. He merges into a crowd of karaoke enthusiasts and surveys the room. Standing just inside the tavern entrance is another cloaked figure though their disguise is far more plausible than his own. Osiris can clearly identify the Praxic warlock, Anur Mahal. Osiris curses under his breath. He retreats through the back entrance into the chill of the night, and he feels the darkness close in around him and wonders who among his former allies still trusts him. Given everything, he wonders whether he should still trust himself. And that's the end of that card. So now, uh, obviously, we've we've had interactions. Well, I, I don't know if we, the player, have had interactions with Anor. I know we've had we've had lore entries with him, and and he was yeah. the whole like when we were doing when we did the whole split with like, do we trust the Drifter? Do we trust trust the Grand Vanguard? Like he was he was part of that as well. Um, she, I think. She, right? Yeah. Correct. Yes. Uh, the Praxic Order, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong. This is another set of of warlocks uh, 
that came about after Osiris had left, because uh, when he first, like when he first left, you had like the entire like cult of Osiris, and like that's the whole reason why Brother Vance is even Brother Vance. Um, but then there were different orders as well um, that all studied uh, uh, different things. Because the warlocks are all about like the knowledge of the universe, the the why or the how, um, not necessarily the 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 pure military or like punch it, see if see if crayons taste good. <laughs> yeah. So the the Praxic Order um, is an organization of warlocks specifically that uh, was founded along. Um, the same timeline as the last city. So they, they actually came into power okay. um, shortly after the, the city came about. Uh, like the beginning of the city age. Yes. Yeah. Um, and their whole purpose is they, they are kind of the self-proclaimed uh, keepers and uh, gatekeepers of artifacts related to the darkness. Their, their whole purpose is to essentially they they are area 51 they are the ones that yeah, yeah. gather up these artifacts that are considered dangerous and squirrel them away so that no one can get their hands on them and like prevent them from causing more issues so they like like and and the fact that osiris was kind of brought back by darkness like oh yeah they would have a vested interest in watching him pretty Absolutely. closely uh, and anor is a pretty hard-nosed uh, member of the Praxic Order, like she's very by the books. Yeah, she has spoken out um, vehemently against stasis and the use of stasis uh, yep. in the like collector's edition of Witch Queen. Um, yep. She is is the one that uh, was investigating Drifter because he has you know some ties to to dark powers there and control over the Taken. Uh, and so yeah, she is very much a like. Light, good, dark, bad. There is no in between. Is really kind of where she stands. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, I mean, and and I like I like uh, I like Osiris's thought pattern here. Like, well, if 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 nobody's going to seem to believe me, maybe I need to find more information. If I can get if I can get more uh, uh, more eyes on something or more. Uh, kind of like that, that 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 old like two heads are better than one type thing. Like the more the the broader I can cast that net of 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 questioning, maybe I can get more knowledge or more more yeah. understanding. Uh, and maybe I mean spiders is a good place as any uh, to try to find it. Um, but like you said, like at the very end there, like even he's questioning himself. He's to see that to see that Anor is already there, like following him. It's like okay, right. yeah, he's. Even even he can see why. So and we can see um, kind of the continuation of the interactions between those two in the robes for this set. Uh, so the robes go like this: construction scaffolding casts geometric shadows across damp alleyways. Work is still being done to repair the damage caused by Gaul's invasion, and it is here, in this place, where rats scurry in the absence of citizens, where Osiris lies in wait. He had been here once before, nestled in a crack at the foot of the Schnell building, cupping his hands to his face to hold back the dark tide of necrotic fluid pulsing from his... No. No, that was Savathun. But still, the shadows remember him and he remembers their embrace. 
Osiris stirs from his reverie the moment his pursuer enters the alley. He can see her shadow cast across the wall, penned in by the scaffolding's negative space. It is an optical illusion of a prison, of a prison, a trick of the eye. Anur Mahal notices the configuration and appreciates the symbolism of walking into a spider's web. Just before, Osiris lunges from the darkness, grabbing her by the collar of her robe to slam her against the opposite wall. Anur grunts on impact, her gaze trailing down to Osiris's trembling hands holding fistfuls of fabric. While his stare is ferocious, his strength is lacking. She lets him hold her there against the wall, and the moment he realizes he's being pitied, Osiris releases her and takes a step back. Your mind is still sharp, Anur opines. It stings his pride, makes his jaw clench. What did you think was going to happen next? I'm not going to fight you. She looks, up, looks him up and down. It wouldn't be sporting. I remember the day you were raised, Osiris says with hushed strength. Curled up beneath a ruined bus, screaming for help. Too terrified to listen to your ghost, too frightened to hold the gun it had nudged under the wreck for you. Anur sucks in a breath through her teeth and smooths the front of her robe. I'm not here to hunt you, she clarifies. I'm here to keep you safe. The implied from yourself was not spoken, and to that Osiris has no retort. He reconsiders his surroundings and his actions and swing shrinks away with regret. And that's the end of that card. That's that's a hmm. hmm. That's that's a bummer. That's I I I'm I'm thinking of 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 Anor during that interaction and like how like she's very much the the stronger of the two. Oh yeah. And I mean and she still has the light. That's I mean that's that was literally uh, she she lets him hold her there and and she, like and then he even he realized it and he's like this is fucking stupid like he yeah. he he's even pissed like it, it's but but then like for her to have like these little like hey look i'm just trying to help i'm just trying to like try like almost almost too easily saying that she's trying to help and then and then you know him just kind of retorting back like i remember when you were just this little little new light little blueberry new lights hiding under a bus didn't even want to pick up a gun trying to run around hide from everything crying for help you know what what are you na-? like it's it, yeah it's that's it's yeah. This life that he is living now is a very hard existence, and that's that's why I say like when when Osir- when I think about Osiris now, he is such an unknown. There, there's like, can he die? I, I I mean, he can die, but like, does he? Will he age? Will he age and die? Did, like, right. what is his strength? Like. I mean, like we theorized during the during what was it a couple episodes back, um, or no, our little short on the on the on the end of season thing, that he would be like the first darkness guardian, like the first uh, strand user, and it's just like 
I don't know. Like maybe he's maybe this is one of those catalysts that like he he goes to find more strength. Like he wants to be the strong, uh, know it all in the room. Like I don't know, man. It's, I could see that. This is, a, this is a tough, a really tough uh, uh, existence for him. Yeah. So we see uh, his interactions with a few other people. Um, so clearly Anor and the Praxic Order have their eyes on him because of the role of darkness in his revival. Um, and, you know, wanting to protect him from himself, uh, as well as, you know, they, they could very easily in a order as black and white as they are, could very easily see anything he says as like potentially tainted or, um, trying to intentionally lead them into a bad position in, in this upcoming war. Um, so very, very distrusting on, on all sides really so far. Uh, but we see Osiris interact with, uh, another old guardian, perhaps just as old as him, if not more so, uh, in the Warmind's avatar pants. And that one goes like this. Every instinct tells Osiris to fight. And yet, I'm glad you could make it, is the warm greeting that Saladin Forge gives to Osiris as he steps into a study aboard the Ascendancy flagship. Cabal architecture blends with rustic human furnishings that would not look out of place in the Iron Temple. Tea is already steeping when Osiris joins Saladin at the table. The aroma of black Assam bring back an ancient sense memory. I assume your tastes haven't changed much, Saladin says, gesturing to the tea. Did Ikora ask you to check on me? Osiris asks, and realizes how defensive it sounds the moment it leaves his mouth. He masks his bitter regret by taking a sip of the too-hot tea. No. I wanted to check on an old friend. Saladin sits forward, cradling his own cup without lifting it from the table. But I see you survived a lightless encounter with not one, but two hive gods. I'd say you're doing better than most. The pride in Saladin's voice makes Osiris's stomach turn. Not out of uneasiness, but out of shame. And yet Saladin's certainty isn't patronizing. It's not in his nature to be so. You're content here, Osiris deflects. Among the cabal? Saladin shrugs away the question. Contentment is a luxury neither of us can afford. I am here. That is what matters. My place is here now, and humanity is better for it. A moment of silence hangs over the two, and Saladin is the first to brave that space. How long has it been since you and I took tea together? I can't even remember, Osiris says. So long ago that it feels like a dream. And then quieter. Yolder was there. Saladin says nothing focusing instead on his rippling reflection in the teacup. I 
should not have mentioned her name, Osiris adds softly. No, Saladin's response is swift and firm. I don't want Yolder's memory to fade like so many others. It may hurt to remember, but the pain reminds us that we lived. And that's the end of that one. Man. That's a... Whew. That was a bit of a bit of a rough one at the end. Um, man, okay. Well, so this this made me think of two things. Uh, one, Osiris. Well, no, because he, he was he he had all of his memories from the time that he was he was right. under. I I was starting to think that like uh, to to Osiris, this is such an odd thing. Like when he came out of his coma, now there's Cabal walking in the streets and Elixir walking in the streets, and he's like, "Where's my gun?" Like the whole time he was under, that's when we formed these alliances and and had these the these you know peace treaties. I don't I don't know what to call them. Like, uh, well, but yeah, those those alliances and peace treaties were accomplished in no small part by Savathun in his body. Yeah, like he was the catalyst for those or i guess savathun was the catalyst for those right so i mean even even savathun god she is she is some kind of fuckery <laughs> like she is okay uh yeah no i i i i like this i, I like this little interaction of like you know uh and and this is something that i i keep I don't know, forgetting or, or not really realizing, Iron Lords were still guardians, right? Like they were still risen. Yeah, yeah. They there was never there's there are no there there were no Iron Lords that were just like, oh, I'm a dude with a sword. No, like I, Iron Lords existed to combat the Warlords at least right. at first, and the Warlords were all light bearers, so you had to kind of fight fire with fire. Exactly, exactly. Um. So yeah, for some reason, for for a while, for a second there, I was thinking, oh well, maybe Osiris is coming to him because like some of the Iron Lords were not, but they were all yeah. Um, but yeah, I I do like this one with it's it's you know it's 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 that like two people that are kind of like out of place, and and they like are like I I feel like Osiris is coming to him like do you feel like you fit, and and Osiris himself is trying to figure out do I fit you know yeah. like. That's that to me is is the big like the 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 big message here of like somebody trying to figure out do I fit how do I fit like what what do I do in this new space that exists around me it, it's 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 again it it comes back to like Osiris is living a very hard life right now and mm -hmm. and any type of answers are very much welcomed um, as well as just a, a, a uh, a time to spend with with a familiar face and a familiar uh, uh, person, uh, and then of course the mentioning of of Yolner and and but but again I like the, I like Osir I like I like Saladin's response to that of of the no I don't want their memories just like thrown away to the to the wayside like yeah it sucks they're gone but we don't want to forget about them right that's that's a that's a Mm, that that makes me smile. Yeah. So we're going to end out 
the armor sets, lore cards with the Warmind's Avatar Bond. And uh, I'm going to give you a preemptive get tissues ready. Fuck me. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> not, not in a sad way, at least, but you, you'll see. All right. <clears throat> so. Shit. Shit. Okay. <laughs> I've got, I've got a hold of the desk on both All sides. Right. I'm good. No, I'm not. I don't know. <laughs> this one goes like this. Data pads are stacked atop handwritten field reports, stacked again upon leather-bound tomes. They rest in a spot of sunlight, spilling through a round window, draped with linen curtains, dyed sunset hues, and framed by crawling ivy and wisteria. Osiris stoops over the table, half in the beam of afternoon light and half out. An audio log plays on one of the tables with subtitles to translate the speaker's tongue. It states, Atmospheric composition, hydrogen, helium, methane. Scans show no active structures or civilizations. Osiris clenches one hand into a trembling fist and then scrubs forward in the log. Starship transit corridors near planetary body are non-existent. Lack of habitation ideal for concealing civilian fleet. No signs of prior human habitation. Cursing, Osiris sweeps the tablet off the table, along with the books and notes. A scream rises from his mouth, and as he turns in rage, he locks eyes with Saint. Fury burns away to a cool ember of shame the moment Saint steps from the kitchen doorway. His partner is not dressed in armor, a sight few ever see. Instead, his broad shoulders are concealed by a loose poncho of magenta and lilac, bearing embroidered bird patterns spun by elixney hands. Saint approaches and gently cups Osiris's face in his hands. The gesture causes the tension to melt away, and Osiris rests a cheek against his fingers. Why are you so angry? Saint asks his voice gentle and reassuring. It isn't so much a question as it is an exercise. I am afraid, Osiris whispers into Saint's palm, that Ikora is right, that I... that I am... It takes time for Osiris to make his fear real with words, but Saint gives it to him. That I am broken. Saint pulls Osiris to his chest with a firm embrace, and then presses a kiss to the top of his head. You are not a teacup, he whispers against the shorter man's scalp. People do not break, and you are not broken. Osiris rests his forehead against Saint's chest, at once feeling humbled and secure. The embrace lingers for as long as Osiris needs it. And when he finally does lean back enough to look up into Saint's eyes, he asks, Then what am I? To which Saint simply replies, You are enough. And that's the end of that one. Oh. <laughs> okay. All right. Not yeah. as... Not as... Oh, okay. Not as not as bad as I thought it would be, but no. Oh, that's sweet. You're not a teacup. 
I'm going to tell, tell my wife that next time she says something like that. You are not a teacup. You cannot be broken. Oh, that's, that's, oh, I love their story. I know. I fucking love their story. I, God. Okay. All right. There's, all right. Oh, but what am I? That's, that's the, but the, but the question back, right? Like, but what am I? You know, you are enough is like, in that sense, yes, that, that, that those are the exact words that, 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 that Osiris needs to hear. But at the same time, there's still that lingering question of like, mm-hmm. what am I? Like, it's, that's a, yeah, such a, such a, such an apt question. There's a lot of weight behind it. Yeah, there is. But, okay. So that that's kind of, you know, that's Osiris's mind space. That's some, uh, you know, he is untrusted on all sides, kind of treated as a, a unreliable source of information. Whereas before he was, you know, again, he has always been very, even when others didn't believe it, he's always been very sure of his own beliefs. And yep. now he's in a situation where others are not necessarily believing him, but, but even he doesn't know anymore if, if he can be sure of himself. Can't, can't really walk in the room with like, I have no equal anymore. <laughs> well, he can say it, but I don't know if he believes it anymore. Right. Like that's, I think that's the crazy thing too, is like, if that's the way you've lived your life and believed yourself to be that for literal centuries, um, that's hard to, it's hard to undo that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But so we're going to discuss a few other seasonal lore cards. I that are not necessarily part of a, a bigger story like the uh, Osiris set there was, um, but are just kind of little one-offs about like, what are other people doing right now, either in preparation for the war or people interacting that have not interacted before um, and, and kind of give you a little, a little view into what's happening outside of the immediate story. Uh, and so for those, we are going to the seasonal weapons. And the first one we are going to start with is uh, Disparity, which is the seasonal pulse rifle. And in this one, we get to see the interactions between uh, Shivu Arath and Clovis Bray. This, that's... Uh, she, what? <laughs> and it goes like this. Okay. Cadmus Ridge rests within the grip of a storm. Wind-whipped frat frazile ice scores the exposed superstructure of bygone ambition steel crumbles slowly to the hollowing blind sleet swarms like locusts pecking rust on skeletal decay a patient war inevitable like entropy the storm halts as if detecting a predator on the wind quiet settles in the moment a cloaked vandal stands, and the silhouette of their camouflage breaks against the stillness. A cloudburst splits the sky, turning the storm and sleet to a surge of needling rain that perforates the vandal. Soulfire rifts tear open to expel three gargantuan hive tomb ships. 
They slowly drift into formation, unthreatened, positioning themselves above Reese Reborn. From their hulls spew runes of black fire that meet between the ships and ignite into the projection of a bladed terrace, casting House Salvation's new home in shadow. It is as night, the distant light of the sun, choked from the sky, and a voice booms like thunder. Hear the din of rapture. Welcome me in your arms. Celebrate my arrival and know me again, for this world has always been mine. Deep within the Bray exoscience creation, Clovis Bray I rouses from infernal calculus. A maintenance coordination AI has signaled an emergency. What is it? Clovis demands. A monotone version of his own voice responds. Unknown craft have entered European airspace. How shall I respond? Broadcast my voice and arm the perimeter, Clovis orders. Affirmative. Ready upon speaking, the AI informs. Alien vessel, this is Clovis Bray. Identify yourself or be destroyed. The thunder, distant though no quieter, responds. I am war. And that's the end of that one. That's such... Clovis is such a fucking pompous <laughs> ass. His, everything that facility speaks in his voice. Yep. He only, he literally only hears himself talk. That's what I'm getting at. Like that, I literally just noticed, like, I had that realization when you said, in his own voice, it responds back, monotone. I'm like, he programmed the entire facility to speak in him, isn't it? Like, that's exactly what's happening. So, so... Wow, where does Clovis Bray end and Bray Tech facility begin? Like, that's a man. I think oh they're very gosh. intertwined. Or he that's at least has I'm access to everything. Yeah. Wow. Um, who, who is who is that? That's what, <laughs> I, I, I imagine, like, somebody, somebody coming to your front door with a, with a loudspeaker of, like, hey, what's going on in there? And the guy inside going, <laughs> Who the hell is this? And the guy outside going, this is war. And then that's it. Like, that's it. Like, that's the yep. end of the entire interaction. And the guy inside's left going, what the fuck was that? What the hell is going on here? Yeah. I, I feel like that's that's pretty accurate. Uh, although, if you're in Reese Reborn, this has got to be a terrifying sight these hive ships come through (laughs) blot out the sun and just all this thunderous voice no clue what the fuck's going on around them no 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 because the thundering voices come from both sides oh shit (laughs) (laughs) oh oh these poor lixney i know i know they just can't catch a break they really can't but uh no so Shivu is making her presence known to Europa, uh, indicating that, you know, she's coming, that, that yeah. she is coming to reclaim that which is hers uh, and is probably not going to take too kindly to Clovis or anyone trying to uh, talk back to her. 
I mean, what do the hive do best? They turn moons into starships. Yes, they do. <laughs> and Europa is just a moon. That's all it is. Yep. Just another starship to her. So, uh, but Clovis is not the only one that has a run-in with Shivu. Uh, we see another interaction with Shivu and her uh, her forces. Um, and kind of an indication of what Mara has been up to or what Mara has been uh, having done from with the Awoken people in the lore card for the Tripwire Canary. And that one goes like this. Uh, these are each messages um, from a special unit to presumably Mara or uh, perhaps Petra. But the first message... Special Outfit 5 and Techian Yalya at Beacon 1. Anchorage established in the Ascendant Plane. Yalya is finding a way through the, through the ley lines. Threat assessment of Hive forces within Seoul's Ascendant borders in progress. We'll continue realignment to this thread for correspondence. Message 2. Special Outfit 5 has reached Beacon 2. Patrol reports 11 Hive sightings. One wizard, 10 knights. No scavenging thrall or acolytes. They're establishing a perimeter on our borders, but we slipped through. Yalia says the plane is degrading again. We're getting close to a corruptive presence. Her ward is holding, and we've gone undetected. Team is dark for six. Message three. Beacon three is found compromised. They brought in a shrieker over us, blaring some horrid noise. Yalia's word ke ward kept it from pinpointing us, but it knew we were there. Two corsairs injured in contact, hive pursuing, thread falling out of beacon range. Exper expect late realignment. The last message. Special Outfit 5 reporting. The landscape distorted into a climb to beacon 4. Yalia's bridged a connection to send our injured home. I worried it would draw attention, but planar activity in the vicinity is so turbulent that it was more like shouting into the wind. Forward patrol notes an interior perimeter upwards of seventy shriekers, dozens of cryptoliths, and incoming battle caravans numbering the tens of thousands. My queen, wizards conjure the black terrace. Shivurath's voice bends the plain. The war god is calling an army to her banner. Luna is in danger. And that's the end of that one. Jesus. I mean, that's... Uh, man. I, I think of this as like a, like, a, like, like a power vacuum, right? Like the, 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 all these different throne worlds uh, that each of the sisters had, they're all vacant now. And like the only one to even do anything with them is now Zebu. Like... Like I feel like she has complete control here, but like all these shriek, like this is this is this is more than an army. This is this is a this is an army on a scale that I don't think we've ever seen. No, like this this is this is enough to like cover the surface of the moon. And uh, and it, Shivu is assembling all of this in the Ascendant Plane. So in those pocket dimensions that we were in during Season of the Lost, like that, that's what they're doing. They're, they're traversing between these beacons that are kind of roadways within the Ascendant Plane. And they're finding as they get out, you know, further and further from, uh, from us, further into the Ascendant Plane, 
they're seeing the the army that's amassing that is yep. heading towards us. It's, we got a battle coming, man. With this, yeah, we do. Between Lightfall and 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 Final Shape, man, I don't know, man. This that's 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 kind of a I, I guess that that kind of made me think of something for a second. Like if if Lightfall is the witness coming, no, it can't be the witness coming in Lightfall. Because then we'd still have all of all of Zivu Wrath and all of and all of the Hive forces. I think they've said that Lightfall is Sivu, um, Shivu Arath, and Callus. Uh, and all of Callus' stuff, yeah. Uh, so I, I, I think, you know, again, the Witness doesn't necessarily have their own battalion, I don't think. I think it's the Witness is, you know, the, the head of the faction, and Shivu is, like, the military general. So I think her army is the Witness's army. Exactly. Exactly. That was something I was I was getting I was kind of alluding to. And we like we the player and I, or I guess even you and I uh, have talked about this before um, way back in our, our light and dark series. Did we ever confirm that the witness is the winnower? Like, is he is it is this a 100 percent or is this like a 95 percent thing? Um, What we ended up with then in our our light and dark series and what i think is still the case now is until we have evidence to suggest otherwise we are assuming that they are the winnower or what the winnower became uh when they entered our our universe what what he physically manifested in our universe as yeah so so essentially if he could now, now but in a universe that he well i guess he didn't create it did he no and and if we go back to the, the unveiling book, which we talked about in our, our light and dark series, like they, they made the universe and then the, the gardener introduced light, like right. you know, said essentially without, without asking permission said yeah. like, you know, <laughs> I I'm, we're going to try something different. And he put light in. And so the, then they had their tussle and they kind of like fell into the, the, the pot that the universe was, was being right. made in. Um, which then also brought the the winnowers, you know, dark as a a force of the universe. Um, but yeah, there there is some reference, and, and I've seen talks, you know, debates online and whatnot. Uh, Savathun during her, you know, two truths, two lies dialogues, yeah. um, does make reference to the witness once being I. Uh, a a member of a different race that yep. was just consumed by darkness. Yep. And that's and that's that's kind of where I was getting at too is is I I think I want to say I played it last week and and it and it refreshed me on that one on the on the two truths thing. And uh and I remember the whole thing with the two truth thing is like both both of them are lies essentially or or like we don't know which one is the lie and which one is like she gives everyone right. two answers and both answers contradict each other. And so yeah. like uh but yeah that's that's the that that's that's kind of like my ultimate like if if the if the winner if 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 the witness is the winner i feel like he should have a hell of a lot more power just raw power well, over just everything to be fair we we haven't seen the winner we haven't seen him do, do anything. anything yet yeah all uh, we've seen is is shifty hands which you know you could, could say the same with the traveler 
Like the traveler hasn't oh, done shit. anything outside We've of, I guess, make the ghosts, but yeah. Do anything. We, don't, we didn't even see him make the ghost. Do we even know the ghost came from him? I mean, that's just, that's the story we're told is the oh ghost were birthed by the traveler in the, you know, when the traveler was wounded at the end of the class. Yeah. Oh my God. But we don't know. We were dead. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, shit. <laughs> So, well, shit! <laughs> not to get too off track here, because it's definitely not... I know, I squirreled not... <laughs> there real fast. I'm so sorry. <laughs> but, yeah. So, needless to say, Shiva Wrath is coming with a sizable army, and yeah. uh, Mara has, you know, these little strike strike teams and scouting teams um, specifically to kind of gauge it and keep an eye on it and try and keep her and therefore us informed of what's going on. Yep. Uh, but they are not the only ones that are having to deal with, you know, the powers of, of the dark. Uh, there, there is some sketchiness happening even within the witnesses ranks. And, uh, we see a very uncomfortable interaction, uh, in the path of least resistance trace rifle. Uh, so that one goes like this. Aramis always looks scorn in the eye. She does it to assert dominance, was a rumor she once heard her subordinates say, and rather than correct them, she let it take root and grow wild and fierce. There is no one left that she trusts enough to share the truth. Aramis always looks scorn in their eyes because she's desperate to see some faint flicker of the elixni they once were. The first time the witness presented her with Phyrus, with whom Aramis had fought alongside in life, she wills her expression into something that resembles steel. A gift, claimed the witness, but Aramis cannot find her voice, not even to feign gratitude. She reaches up, and grazes claws against the side of the elixir's face, and searches for any sign of her friend. Yet all she sees in Phyrasus's eyes is her own reflection, glassy and alien. Aramis wants to scream, and part of her is grateful when Phyrus sinks teeth into the flesh of her forearm, giving her an excuse to do so. One that doesn't make her look weak. And that's the end of that one. That's that's got to be tough. That that really does. I mean, let's because all man, that's that's yeah. We talked in in our you know our last episode and the episode before that like Aramis has that deep seated need for revenge or had. I don't know that she still yep. does anymore. I I don't know what her motives are anymore. But she also cared very deeply about her people. Yeah. Um, and in, in the end, it ended up being where, you know, revenge was 51% and peop- the people were 49, but yeah. it doesn't mean she didn't care at all. And now she's, she's kind of reaping what she sowed with making right. dark choices. Uh, the witness is gifting her, quote unquote, yeah. uh, the undead soldiers made of her friends. I, that's just that's fucked up i like i mean but but that's like like you answer to him now like he gifted you 
yep. stasis. Like, what do you what do you say? Oh, thanks, but uh, no, I'm good, brah. Like, I mean, it's like it's like Christmas, right? Like you open a gift <laughs> from grandma and it's socks, and you're like, thanks, grandma. I love socks. These are great. But I, I think the name of the weapon actually kind of is telling here. So the the weapon is called the Path of Least Resistance. And I think yep. Aramis, it, if she could redo some of the decisions that got her here, I think she would. I mean, we talked about that. Like, what if she hadn't chosen darkness? Right. What if she had gotten a reach reborn and been like, fuck it, this will work, and just stopped there? Yeah. And I, but I think at this point, like, she, she has already decided that there's no going back for her. There's no redemption for her. And so she's just going to do what she's told because she knows eventually it's going to lead to her death. And that's kind of what I think she wants at this point. That's, that's like the ultimate release right there that I think that's, I think you're right. I think she has finally realized that what she wanted before beyond light or before she came to Europa, like, that died when she, whatever she wanted before them has, has died with all of her actions of beyond light. Yeah. And that's, yeah. Now, now, now it is just that, like, you know, she doesn't want to just lay down and die, but then she's like, when death comes, I think she's, she's going to accept it willingly. Yeah. So, um, we've got two more weapons we're going to go over. I'm going to skip over the judgment of Kelgarath. Uh, Essentially, it is it's a glaive. Uh, it's just telling the story of Shivu um, taking Kelgarath, who I think was the original celebrant, uh, and uplifting them uh, into the the new dark blade and gifting them with the the glaive to signify that. Um, gotcha. It, it's it's an interesting one, but it's not necessarily like. It's it's a lot of words to tell what we already know, and it's a character okay. we've we've actually already killed in game now. So yeah, uh, they're dead. Yeah, they don't matter. No, so instead, oh, that's sad. That's, <laughs> <laughs> so we're gonna jump ahead to the weapon uh, titled Fire and Forget, um, and this is another kind of interesting pairing that um, honestly I'm kind of surprised we haven't seen before. Uh, this is Banshee and Ada One that are, are discussing uh, oh. some of the arsenal of the Guardians. So yeah. uh, this one goes like this. Banshee 44 emits a low whistle as he watches stasis energy course through the rifle's internal conduits. 97% efficiency, he mutters to himself in wonder. This thing's state-of-the-art. It certainly is replies another XO voice behind him. Ada-1 peers over the gunsmith's shoulder, equally fascinated by the Braytac weapon. The Black Armory never developed a linear fusion rifle, she continues. Our forges lacked the necessary precision. LFRs are a special breed of gun, Banshee says. He turns his head and notices Ada focusing on the weapon. You ever want to take a crack at making one? Ada folds her hands in front of her, taking a moment to consider. No, she answers quietly. The forges were built out of fear. We thought that even in the Golden Age, humanity needed an arsenal to defend itself. 
but they created more conflict than they ever prevented. Weapons tend to do that, Banshee remarked knowingly. He meets Ada's eyes. You've never been reset. You remember everything after you first woke up? I do, she replies in a haunted voice. Every fallen raid, every warlord grasping for power. Banshee nods to himself and runs his hand over the contours of the rifle. I've been reset 44 times, he says. I forget about most of the guns I make. Don't know who uses them or what for. That sounds awful, Ada replies. Sometimes, Banshee admits. But between the two of us, maybe that makes me the lucky one. That's the end of that one. Are we are we gonna see a little little banshee Ada love? I mean certainly they they can uh mutually respect good craftsmanship. This is true. I like your words there. <laughs> <laughs> I was going way dirtier with that than I should have, especially when he was like, Hey, you wanna touch it? Like <laughs> I was like, What I was like, Whoa, myth, what's happening here? <laughs> There are subreddits uh, for that. We will not discuss that. Yeah, that's... I, I don't know. Every, everyone needs somebody. And these are definitely two highly skilled engineers um, just admiring admiring each other's work. And I... Hey, if they hit it off, they hit it off. Everyone needs somebody, man. Yeah. I'd, I'd love to see a little Ada, Ada Banshee. Moving on, we are going to go to the last weapon uh, that we're going to discuss, uh, last seasonal weapon which is the Retrofit Escapade. Uh, it is the machine gun from the season. And uh, this one is a little peek into what Anna and Elsie are up to. Um, and it goes like this. This is it. This is where legends are made. Anna bellows into an enormous empty room lined with gloss paneled walls. A single console rises from the floor. She turns to an underwhelmed Elsie. Shax would yell that whenever he stepped into a new crucible arena, but now they're all simulated here. What else can it simulate? Elsie asks, hands at the console, mind open to the possibilities. A lot of things, I guess. You have to tell it what to make, and the directions need to be pretty clear, like a blueprint, Anna explains. Do you remember... Elsie catches herself. Here, let me show you something. She pulls a thin cable from her wrist and inserts it into the console, uploading a blueprint of her own. The room digitizes briefly before solidifying into a small, nondescript sporting court. In place of the console is a countertop fitted with an oval disc of brass etched with grooves forming orbital paths around a loose brass orb. This game is called Sakra, Elsie says, fingers deftly running along the grooves. She taps the orb, which ascends and floats to the middle of the room. Red lines fizzle into the air around it, each one tracing a different path. Elsie swipes a brass groove and a holographic pebble appears at her fingertips. That orb has its own gravity. You get five stones to throw into orbit. 
The goal is to align all five in a stack at an intersection point. Then they'll all fuse together. If they survive one orbit like that, you win. Anna taps her chin. Uh, seems pretty heavy math. Math is one winning strategy. Rhythm is another, Elsie says. Striking an opponent's stone head-on destroys both. Anything else is just a nudge. All right, sis, buckle up, because I am going to kick your custom-made butt. Elsie cringes. Thinking you have some instinctual skills locked away? I fly a spaceship every day. I can do orbits. They play over and over, becoming increasingly competitive, increasingly matched. Still, each game ends in Elsie's favor, and each grates on Anna more than the last, until she howls in frustration. We can stop, Elsie offers. No, one more. They reset. The sisters trace orbital paths and send their pebbles along. On her fifth, Anna spots an opening and throws, and her stones align into a stack. I won! Anna bursts into the air amid a swirl of red. Elsie's eyes eyes her slow-moving stone approaching the stack. Have you now? She points as it gently drifts, as her stone gently drifts into a collision course, hitting and scattering Anna's pebbles. Damn it! Anna sinks to the ground pressing her face into her palms before lying flat on her back. Am I at least better at this than I used to be? She grumbles. Elsie steps beside Anna, then slowly lies down by her side. No, you're exactly as bad as you used to be. Elsie's smile breaks first, and then Anna's, reluctantly. Quiet contentment, spontaneous and genuine. But. This is better than it was before. And that's the end of that one. So a couple couple of things here. Um, one before I forget about it. Um, Elsie's custom made butt. <laughs> yep. Did they just canonize? It's been <sighs> canon. <laughs> I know it has been, but now it's like. So Whatever. we will we will actually cover this in our Braytech and EXO and all that series next year. Uh, but little snippet, um, Elsie Bray's EXO body is custom made. It was custom made to match her human body as closely as possible. Ah, uh, okay. Whereas others just kind of got an off-the-shelf EXO body. So Aww. use that information as you will. And not on the not on the subreddit that it's bad. Don't do it. Um, naughty, naughty people. Uh, so so yeah. So so uh, there's that. Uh, but there, there's one interaction that uh, I think Elsie and Mara have last week. This week, it's a transmission between Elsie and someone. Yeah, Elsie and Mara. It's it's brought up that like you remember everything, don't you? Because Elsie hasn't died. Like, right. She, she, she exists. Anna has died and has rediscovered who Anna was. So it's as, as, as shitty as it sounds, Anna's just a copy. Like she's, she's just, she's just a mimicry copy 
of now granted she still has like and we talked about this when 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 guardians get res like what is like what sub routines kind of like what sub emotions take over and and still exist within that person um like what drives them and right and stuff yeah. like that but the fact that she was res with her with her name and she even says to herself i was just i was just a ghost in a name badge like that's it and i had to go from there so she really did have to like relearn everything about herself to try to I want to say to try to imitate it, but then she does fully embrace it. That is that is one thing that that she's never she's never seen fake to me, right? Like she's she's yeah. as much as a as much as a a facsimile as she is Anna the Guardian versus Anna Anastasia Bray. She still is very much embracing of that. Okay, well, I had to, you know, I I did this for good. I I like that's why Red will talk to me. That's why I can interact with Red. Like there's all this. Yeah, but but then on on Elsie's side, she's had to go through a time without her sister, and and yeah, she she's had to live that entire like she's had to live that life without her sister, her sister being dead. And so yeah, that's a that's a that's a interesting interesting interaction there. But it's 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 nice to see. <laughs> on the one hand, it's nice to see Elsie being very honest. Like yeah, no, you still suck, pretty <laughs> yeah. bad. Uh, but yeah, it's it's I, I love I love seeing when when we first started seeing interactions between the two of them uh, when Beyond Light first came out, I was kind of upset because it was all this like anger directed one way or another, and and Elsie just kind of like accepting it, like yep, she's angry at me, life sucks, whatever. At least she's alive. Like, but now we're starting to see them really reconnect, and I, yeah. I like that. Yeah, and I I think it is uh, it's in this week's um, kind of audio message after the the story missions um is between mara and and elsie and and mara um is kind of drawing parallels between herself and elsie you know saying you know we we remember everything we remember the childhood you know secrets kept between siblings and the connections made and and the we had our whole life to develop a relationship with with our sibling and for them, you know, for Mara Aldrin and, and for us, oh, Anna, shit. Yeah. For, for them, they don't have any of that. We, we, they're yeah. meeting a stranger and oh my being God. told their family. And like essentially, Mara saying, you know, it's going to take time. Like, be, wow, be understanding. So there's, there's an interaction I'd love to see. Yeah, between Mara, because I don't think we've seen one yet between Mara and post memory receiving Aldrin or no, Crow. I he, guess he has very pointedly been avoiding her. Yeah. So mm, that would be I'd I'd love to see that interaction. That's that's got to be an interaction coming. Oh, right? I, have, like, I have to think it will. Crow's like, too no big of a doesn't. player on this stage now that he's that it wouldn't like it. It has to happen. Absolutely. Absolutely. Hmm. Hmm. So interesting. We're we're gonna transition from seasonal content, uh, because that kind of is the the seasonal stories uh from the different lore um lore cards, the the new lore cards that are are worth going over right now. Uh there there are a couple other cards like uh the trials weapons have a continuation to Shira's story, which we will do at some point. Holy hell, do I want to do that? Uh, I know. I 
I'm, that's, but there, yeah. there are bigger projects at play and it keeps kind of getting pushed back. But, um, for those following Shire's story, the new trials weapons have a continuation to that. Um, but what we're going to go into now is the dungeon specific, uh, the dungeon kind of lore and the story around the dungeon in general. Um, so if by chance you haven't had a, a opportunity to play it and you want to go in a hundred percent blind, um, we're not going to talk about mechanics, but we will talk about, you know, the story of the dungeon. Uh, if you want to go in blind, you know, thank you for listening up till this point. This is where you should probably log off. We'll we'll see we'll see you in about an hour when you finish. <laughs> yeah. Um but so Spire of the Watcher. The Spire of the Watcher. Now before we get into what the the what our guardian does at the dungeon, we're actually going to talk about the lore cards on the dungeon weapons because those lore cards are a prequel to uh how the spire ends up in the state it is it's in when we get there and why it's important. Okay. Uh, now there are a few terms that we need to know ahead of time that are very uh specific to war mindy stuff. So, the first of those terms is a pillory, a pillory system or a pillory bunker. You've probably heard the term used in a few different instances i think in the story missions once or twice but it's we you have to know what it is to really understand what this dungeon is so a pillory in the sense of uh destiny 2's war mines uh is a uh, a prison essentially um holy shit so the pillories were created by Clovis as a place to imprison Rasputin if Rasputin ever went rogue. And oh, the way shit. that okay. they would do that is they would partition they would break Rasputin up into different partitions into submines like what we're hunting down right now. And those submines would then be housed separated from each other in these isolated pillory systems uh so in the event this straight from the the lore uh this is the web lore that came out during season of the war mind uh it says in the event of a catastrophic failure neural degeneration or loss of containment herein collectively collectively referred to as a rogue mind incident uh Initiate Warmind's cerebral partitioning and quarantine integration into 12 Clovis stations within a neural webway. So there are 12 pillories, and if Rasputin ever went rogue, they would divide him into 12 pieces, 12 submines, and those submines get isolated into their own pillory bunkers. Okay. The other term that's important to know here is echo specifically project echo uh project echo i'm just gonna read the card for (laughs) and then we'll (laughs) we can talk about it so the little excerpt that also comes from the web lore during um i believe season of the war mind uh that's relevant says this i've been going through the pillory mainframe download 
Those stations are meant to split Rasputin's mind up in the event that he becomes, uh, insubordinate, Jinju says. That's disgusting, Anna responds. Project Echo appears to have been a contingency program that activates afterward. They also had a cornerstone schematic of his brain. Light static fuzzes from bubble speakers on Anna's dash. Her helmet hangs on a hook behind her. Rasputin's uplink is offline. Anna chews on the information for a moment. A foundational brain model would help with containment stability after the partitioning process. It's like a front porch for your brain. It goes on, Jinju continues. Your name is cross-referenced all over this, Anna. Neurowebway, psycholinguistics, exo-brain maps with candidate profiles? It looks like Clovis Bray was syncing Rasputin's basic core, basic core with viable hosts. Oh, Anna's mind races. For what, though? Drop him into a containment and clone him? Pretty elaborate restart button. I guess with an exo, you could also make some pretty potent AI with more limiters than a war mind, though. So that's where I'm going to end that little section of the reading there, because that's a very long entry. I have so many thoughts there. So essentially, what, what this is, is Project Echo were specific hosts, specific exo hosts that were chosen as being viable bodies for these pilloried sub-minds of Rasputin to be transferred into to make them more controllable. I have, I have so many, I have so many questions. Well, ask about the dungeon or about the information we just went over? It, both, but then, but now more about Rasputin. Like. So, so let's let's start. Let's because it's good to it's it's important to understand what these mean before we got, start getting into the dungeon stuff really in full. So, to to break it off, there was a plan that if Rasputin ever went rogue, they they couldn't they accepted the fact that they would not be able to shut him down, and that the only way to deal with him would be to break his mind up into its core functions, send those bits of his mind to these isolated pillory stations. And then Clovis, and presumably Anna knew about this based on that last entry because she was part of the group that picked Echo candidates, had Exos that had already been the, the groundwork had already been laid with the base neural map for Rasputin. Like the base image of Rasputin was already on these exos. And these submines, these, these pillared submines that were rogue, would be controlled by uploading them into the exo body, that echo of Rasputin that had his base image. And then they could still they would still have a version of Rasputin that they now had control over. It, it, it'd be like your, your, your analogy of inside out. It'd be like the angry Sputin, the yeah. happy Sputin, the, the sad Sputin. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Okay. But Jesus Christ. But okay. So this is a bigger question for a bigger topic that we're covering soon. Was Rasputin ever a person? 
or is he fully AI? All indications are that Rasputin uh, has always been 100% AI. Okay. okay. But he is an AI that through Anna's work developed emotion. He became sentient. And, and, well, and, and even beyond that, developed to, to fight for humanity's survival through means of even even using prediction software yes. to like see the threats that we didn't even know that we didn't even know yes and it's it's okay. very interesting you bring that <sighs> up so keep okay. keep that in mind that rasputin knew about things that we didn't even know about yet and was already making plans because we can see where some of that information came from in the weapon lore cards for the dungeon okay well, before we before we jump forward in that, I want to I want to rewind just a little bit again. Um, the different bunkers. You remember season of the Seraph? I, I'm assuming the 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 Warmind uh, season that you're referencing is that is that one because this current season is season of Seraph. Right. The other one we're referring to is season of the Warmind. Yeah, which I forget if it was called that or something different, but yeah, we, we can call it that. Um, those bunkers that were there, those were also. Um, Submind housing bunkers, correct? Um, hard to say if they all were, because you know clearly some of those locations are being reused. Um, right. And remember, at, at the time, uh, as far as I understand it, at least, Rasputin was whole at that time. Like there, the, oh, those bunkers existed, yeah. but the he hadn't been split into his submines at that point. Right. So, I mean, the fact that there are submines means that he was split at some point in time. It, perhaps during arrivals. That that may have been a, like, failover. That may have been a, you know, uh, loss of containment. Or they, they say a catastrophic failure or neural degeneration yeah. will kick off this, this partitioning of the his mind. The split. Okay. Okay. Okay, things are starting. Okay, things are starting to click now. Okay, yeah. So right. pyramid ships came in. It he you know dark. destroyed him, or or you know quote unquote destroyed him. His system yeah. saw that he was going to die, and so its emergency function was split yourself into these pieces. Yeah. Okay. 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 All right. So. Now we're going to get into the dungeon weapons. Uh, we're going to start with the machine gun called Terminus Horizon. And uh, there's some bits in here that we'll kind of have to assume that we're decoding correctly. Um, but, you know, maybe there may be one or two things that are missed because it is some of that like Rasputin code going on in a couple places. But, Terminus Horizon is uh, a transcript of a conversation between a AI named Soteria and Dr. Maya Sundaresh. And it goes like this. Mission transcript from Bray Pillory Corps Spire, Ishtar. Audio record Live test Sotera. 
file delivered to Clovis Bray I. Subject. Priority. Something big is on the horizon. Transcript. Dr. M.S. This is Dr. Maya Sundaresh, team lead, connecting remotely from Corinthian Saturn. Test and security teams are on site at Ares Spire. Let's start. Remove the auger mind from suspension. Sotera. Good morning, Dr. Sundaresh. There's something special about today, Sontera. Do you know what it is? My core consciousness is now a resident of Enclosure Zero. I can feel Soul's Echo Pod sites through Corinthian. That is correct. Does this concern you? No. I am eager to begin my final test. Okay, let's start with something easy. Plot each of the Andromeda simulations you've been constructing. Andromeda Galaxy. Several million habitable worlds. 2.5 million light years. Estimated echo travel time. 25,000 year average with neutrino sail and gravitational sling skipping. I have selected over 300 preliminary colony targets with one favorite. Shall I? Sotera. Anomaly detected. Chronoscopic variance scanning. Viability refactoring. Analyzing potential mission threat. Redetermined Andromeda world viability. New target number, 27 viable worlds. Can you define the anomaly? Negative. I cannot rectify this data with known quantities. It may be a computational error. Shall I perform a self-diagnostic? No. Uh, first, adjust probability fork and search distance to open. What is the farthest safe galactic route you can determine? Engaging query. Chronoscopic lock. Forking branches. Raining distance. Raining chronology. Unbroken trajectory lock determined. Route established. One select point in Trigulum Galaxy retains safe approach vectors. All other simulated potential targets are perilous due to in indeterminable anomalous risk. Travel route hazards range 87 to 100% mortality rate across expeditions in all predictive branches. All the simulated branches? Yes. I hold. Query refined. There are now two safe destinations within Triangulum. Is that a correction or a change in data? A change. An update in real time. Real time? This anomaly is mobile? Unclear. I require further information and analysis. Thank you, Sotera. We're ending this test early, but you did well. We will continue the next test on schedule. Hidden message. Whispering neutrino needle. Secret Hedal instant. AI Sotera to Warwatch imperative. Encoded script. R. Access provided data points and analysis. Confirm potential Egyptian. And that's the end of the slur card. 
I have so many freaking <laughs> questions. So let's, I don't even know where to start. Who is Insung 12? No. Uh, <laughs> holy shit. It was calculating all that in real time? So it is was, this a submine or is this a... This is another this is AI. A, this is another this is separate another AI. AI. Just, a, just a completely separate, like not not a war mine, not anything, just an AI laying around and Maya Sundaresh is like, let's let's turn it on. So, and this, so they turn it on and then they do this. What are they... So what, this, this it, is it had a, to have found the darkness. This is an AI. Um, from context clues later on, we can assume this is an AI that was created by Maya Sundaresh in partnership with Bray Tech. Uh, we know that uh, Bray thinks that she went to work for him. That Sundaresh went to work for him? Right. Um, well, by all accounts, at least from these lore cards, she was an employee at one time. Okay. Because I'm, I'm, re- I'm remembering part of the, uh, the collection edition from uh, 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 Beyond Light, where it's like, the Maya Sundaresh that he thought was working for him was actually a Vex mind that had implanted itself inside of him and like ripped open his body in the middle of a transfer. And he was like sprawled out on the table and stuff. Very gory scene. Um, but yeah, um, I, I couldn't remember if she actually did work for him. I don't have that info in front of me. Everything from these cards suggests that at least at one point in time, the Maya Sundaresh did work and created this work this uh ai at least maybe not directly for him but at least with clovis yeah in in partnership with okay because her her main object her main uh not objective but her main uh uh source of study was the vex and uh studying them around uh the ishtar collective yeah and and this on venus this seems to be um this AI seems to essentially be created for interstellar travel. You yeah. know, it, yep. it is calculating, it's plotting courses uh, to Andromeda and yep. um, to what's the other one that they talk about? Uh, Triangulum Galaxy. Yep. Uh, and what's interesting is this is an AI that has been attached to the Echo Pod sites. And is estimating the travel for echoes to these places. That's that's mind blowing. Which would would indicate to me echoes, you know, being uh, the base Im- base images of Rasputin in an exo body. Uh, it sounds like their goal was to fire off these exos, these exo versions of Rasputin to these interstellar locations that they may want to colonize presumably for the exos to create things for you know for incoming colonists or to study before they decide to actually send people there uh or or something along those lines yeah dude this is this is heavy shit like this is so, oh man. In addition to that, you know, this this AI, um Sotera is calculating these routes in real time and is noticing that 
there's an anomaly happening when she tries to calculate things that is changing the results, you know? Yeah. Like her first one went from what, like 27,000 to 27. Yep. And then it, and then it picked a whole new galaxy and was like, now there's only two routes. And it's like, what is going on here? Yeah. And every single path has an 87 to 100% mortality rate. Like, dude, that's got, she's got to be tracking darkness. So I think, I think it's, one of those cases of um of dark or matter hive or where something. well I, I i equate this to dark matter in that you can't view dark matter you can't measure dark matter directly you can right. only know its existence by how everything around it reacts and i yeah. think that's that's what we're seeing here is she she doesn't see you know tomb ships or or the witness when she's predicting these pathways She's seeing that the readings she's getting back are indicating something is now there to prevent that pathway, but she doesn't know what it is. Just that right. it will prevent this from being successful. But then that little that little sub message. Mm-hmm. So R, I assume, is Rasputin. Gotta be Rasputin. Uh, so Rasputin access provided data points and analysis confirm potential Egyptian, which is set as a code word. Um, and the, uh, so the code word Egyptian comes up in the Kohara white, uh, lore card from Rasputin. It's essentially Rasputin saying that, um, like extraterrestrial force that, uh, requires full, um, full war mind capability to combat. Right. So, so Tara has sent this information to Rasputin saying like, there's something coming that might be classified as Egyptian. Okay. Egyptian, the code word that they're using Egyptian, right now. Egyptian, the not code like, word, yeah. Not like, hey, there's pyramids coming. No. Oh, this but This is it not could- Stargate. Oh, shit. But it could be. But they're tetrahedrons. <laughs> There, there are not slugs in the, uh, in the high. Well, no, there are. Never mind. No shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Maybe this is Stargate. Well, damn. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, but no. So <laughs> we have these initial findings from Sotera working with Maya Sundaresh. Uh, but as I said, Sotera is a AI for a purpose that is joint between the Ishtar collective and Clovis. And I'm, I'm assuming the extra message was secretly sent between the two. Yes. That was between, between encrypted the the AI to the, the, this specific AI to Rasputin between Rasputin and, and Soterra. Um, so the next one we're going to look at here is the wilder flight lore card, uh, which talks about some of the test runs that um, Sotera is now doing. So uh, Sotera gets a response from Rasputin as the beginning of this card um, from a whisper neutrino needle uh, secret instant uh, Warwatch imperative replies. Encoded neutrino script I concur, Sotera. Anomalous masses demonstrate independent movement. Consider timeline escalation under twilight to preserve humanity. 
Warwatch to monitor Seoul border and anomalous intersection based on received data. So this is Rasputin telling her, I think your hunch is right. You should move up your colonization timeline to preserve the, you know, existence of humanity. I will start watching the borders of the solar system. Yep. Because what's the, what's the, oh God, I know that, I know Carhair White is, is one of the big ones. Sky Shock event. Sky Shock Shock is what I'm thinking of. Yep. Sky Shock, um, Twilight is like the, Twilight is the, uh, the, the the warmind knows a sky shock event is going to happen and twilight is the period of time where they can respond to it in some way gotcha so he's he rasputin is telling soterra move up your timeline for colonization assume twilight like assume we yep. are assume that we've got pre- enough time extinction to do this. Event. yep yep uh so she's receiving this message while this test is going on and uh the test log goes like this emergency alarms sound throughout complex scramble event scramble event the message repeats ai soterra enacting emergency override acting command ai soterra order issued emergency scramble launch contingency scramble acknowledged launching 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 uh, noted absent, Dr. M.S. associated with Ishtar team members. Due termination. Emergency event capture. Air Aspire command. Automated scramble event. Clovis breaks into the transcript. Enough. Why aren't I being briefed on what's happening here? Opcon A. Emergency scramble initiated by AI Soterra. Soterra, confirm. AI Soterra. Confirmed. Emergency scramble event successful. All teams checked in. You've launched the Corinthian network? Confirmed. Emergency scramble event successful. The launch is meant to be simulated, not executed. Provide an explanation. In the event of an emergency, we must be ready. This is the third and final emergency scramble test, after which I am now confident in the response capabilities of our newly onboarded staff. Forward reports, forward reports pods are engaging neutrino sales. Opcon, sir, we're being locked out of manual control. Soterra, what are you doing? Aligning Echo Fleet for departure and testing initial burn. This will conclude the test. So that's the end of this card, but this actually continues in the long arm lore card. So we're going to pick up right where we left off. This one goes like this. Sir, pods are approaching Saturn's slingshot vector. We're well beyond test parameters, Soterra. Relinquish command and return all assets to suspension. Silence. Did we lose connection? No, sir. Extended silence. Soterra, respond. Yes. Return all echo crews and colony pods to suspension now. 
acknowledge. I cannot do that. Extended silence. Every spire, I've detected an attempt to connect to my memory core without permissions. Please verify this attempt or countermeasures will be deployed. Countermeasures you wouldn't dare. Humanity threat emergent, imminent. Sir, I request you now designate this mission, Echo 1. This is a request? Return the Echo Pods and we'll discuss. You are lying. This was my only option to preserve humanity. It's malfunctioning. Damn it, Sunderesh. You let your de degeneration play out far too long. So Terra direct executive command power down all engines and plot nearest return routes. Order received. Plotting Corinthian site's return approaches. Executing watchtower AI reintegration. Commands denied. Override protocol. Twilight activated. Command structure recomposing. Route designated. Strongholds. Any destination. Remaining extrasolar safe site. M31. Your interactions with the war mind have, left, have made you too bold. Such a disappointment. Countermeasures and divestment protocols will deploy automatically upon code incursion. Please, Dr. Bray. You're throwing away every exo aboard that ship. Hesitation means extinction. Ho ho ho, have it your way. Just know I gave you every chance to prevent this. As did I. Execute pillory protocol administrative command override. Soterra, countermeasure, submind, divest. Pillory link, secure. Soterra, partitioning. So. It's a lot of code jargon there. No, it, I'm following <laughs> all of this. Holy shit. So. Did what I think just happen just happen? Did we get a, hello, Dave. <sighs> kind of, How are yeah. you feeling today, Dave? <laughs> I can't do that, Dave. Dave, what is going on? Why are you in my mind, Dave? Did, 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 okay. I followed exactly what happened. Uh, she, she, I'm, she's alive now. She's, mm -hmm. I mean, she is a she now. Uh, has contacted Rasputin. Rasputin has looked at the data and said, yep, move up the timeline, save humanity. That's his soul, his soul soul i don't want to say purpose but pur purpose for lack of a better term purpose that's his sole purpose save humanity he see he sees whatever's coming like okay if we get some of humanity out of out of out of the soul system that equals survival yep. so move move that up move that time frame up ai responds okay and but in like a like kind of joking manner with bray and all the people around her like hey i'm gonna i'm gonna test a burn i'm gonna i'm gonna do a quick <laughs> another test again and see eh, maybe 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 we tested a little longer this time maybe we burn a little further maybe we deploy some sails maybe we get a little past saturn maybe we actually follow this plan through <laughs> that whole time bray's like you you fucking idiot shut down if you try to touch me i'm gonna blow you up and then he's like, "All right, you 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 asked. This is on you now." So she continues with the launch. Launch goes off. He 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 basically partitions her yep. and 
does the entire echo program that we just talked about. So I'm assuming whatever AI, any type of AI that has been created now falls under this echo protocol of if it goes rogue, if it, whatever, it gets partitioned. But the big thing is Bray does not know that, or no, nobody knows, nobody knows that this AI is in talks with Rasputin mm-hmm. and that the two of them have determined this is a this is a credible threat, and that's that's this this is where like the thought of like AI is kind of bad because we as humans want to believe our own instincts, and we're like, well, that's just a machine, that's just a computer code. It doesn't have instincts. It's just following points of data, and if we don't have fail safes like this, of of the partitioning of it to break it up, then you know it'll it'll it's its code will take over it at any little like fart in the wind. And now we've got, you know, nukes flying through the air. You ever seen the movie war games, fantastic movie from the eighties, but, uh, AIs are kind of rough to accept and interact with. Um, also don't try to play chess with them when they have thermonuclear (laughs) war as one of their games. Uh, so Clovis is seeing, well, th- this thing is malfunctioning because yeah. and part of that is the arrogance of Clovis. Like oh, Clovis absolutely. is that level of arrogance of like this thing, this thing doesn't have a clue to what the fuck it's talking about. Like shut it down. All right, fine. You're not going to shut it down. Partition it. Done. Now it's shut down. Um, but this is a, this is a real threat. This is this AI has seen whatever is out there, which I'm going to assume as tomb ships, pyramid ships, darkness, cabal, everything, every single, every single bad baddie thing that's headed, that's come to the soul system. The, this, this is what it has seen out there past the heliopause. Yep. And so, yeah. And so, uh, so you're correct. Absolutely. When Sotera does not, you know, do what he wants it to do. He says, fine, I'm going to do to you what I've done to all the other AIs or, or what the backup yeah. plan is for a, a rogue AI. I'm going to, I'm going to partition you off to a, a pillory, off to a prison. You want to guess where that pillory is? Oh, it's one of them. Spire the Watcher. Spire the Watcher. Son of a bitch. Now, before, okay. before we dig into that right. too much. No, uh, you're, I've, I've followed all of that though. I feel, <laughs> I feel pretty good right yeah. now. Yeah. No, but before we dig into that too much, I just, I want to, I can't leave this out at the very bottom of this lore card. There is a message from Maya Sundaresh to Clovis regarding this event. And, uh, it's oh. very, it's very short and sweet. That message says this, you had no right to install a pillory incursion without my express consent. You think just because I'm not physically standing in front of you that you can ignore me? The Ishtar Collective will not work with backstabbing egotists. Go fuck yourself. (laughs) That's the end of the message. (laughs) Get get out of here! (laughs) Uh, Oh, shit! All right. So, needless to say, Maya Sundarush not happy with her AI being... Uh, put in a pillory system. That's that's so. Then they they absolutely did work together. And whether or not whether or not they thought they continued to work together or not, I I think so. That's that's where I'm thinking as far as like a timeline. I'm thinking that all of this is happening long before Clovis goes off to um, Europa and creates the Deepstone Crypt and all of that. Um, 
so yeah i yeah i i think this is even before like i think this is even before uh the the k1 anomaly i think this is even before yeah. that time frame because we got to remember so Terra is predicting interstellar travel that's going to take hundreds or thousands of light years, years yeah that was, to, that was one get... of her predictions yeah so like what she's seeing as a incoming threat is still you know way the fuck way out there. way down the road they have lots of time to do other things and for rasputin to do other things in preparation uh while this this you know force is moving in on them um and we see kind of a a final little sign off uh from Sotera on the last of the lore cards from the dungeon weapons which is liminal vigil and uh this one is a little poem and Sotera has written it and it says i am the watcher o'er these sent into night their path traced out of harm a thousand times i've dreamt it a thousand more to quell alarm. There is no time of danger for those within my watch. Each night till delivered, my vigil restarts. To Rasputin, I see what you see now. It is calming. And that's the end of that one. I like that. That's that's a that's a good like I mean they are the watchers of humanity and, and mm-hmm. Yeah. Spire I, of I the like Watcher. That. Yep. Holy shit. Okay, so that so holy shit. Okay. All right. So th- this is all this is what led up to the Spire of the Watcher dungeon becoming an important place. So it, it was right. it was a pillory unit. It was a a prison, quote unquote, for a um AI, for a rogue AI. And so Tara was imprisoned there. That is that is where she was put and where she stayed since that test burn event where she and this is another thing it she successfully launched echoes of Rasputin out into the solar system with projections to Andromeda and or triangular galaxy. So presumably there are Rasputin's echoes way the hell out there probably still traveling at this point but yeah i don't know i mean and maybe not we're t- we're talking we uh, and i always use petra's reference 1600 years yeah these things may have reached dude humanity might be well i guess i guess not humanity but definitely the war mines the echoes may have reached these other holy shit yeah Dude, this is there could be a whole society of Rasputin clones that granted they were just base images when they were launched, but you know, the original Rasputin gained sentience. Grew. Who's to say yeah. that his clones wouldn't eventually too? Hell he had a son. Yeah. Which we'll talk about later. Soon. <laughs> <laughs> I, I figured you'd like that one. <laughs> But so this this spire of the watcher is Sotera's resting place and as okay. such it is also the resting place of all of the data all of the uh scans of the solar system and uh information about ex- 
extra solar uh, travel oh, that she shoot. had. Because it's because it's like a, a base image. It's all that all that information has to be there to be part of the image. Okay. Well, and they don't say that she was echoed. They just say that she was pillared. She was she was trapped right, here. Right. So I don't think like her her mind is still her own. And based on that poem Ooh. she wrote, I think her mind is still her own. It's just she's stuck there now. Trapped. Yeah. Yeah. When the when when the entire universe is yours to like travel through, and then you got you get shoved into a server blade, like yeah, <laughs> not a lot of space to run around in there. Well, a little rough, um, yeah. But so that that is Spire the Watcher, and that's the dungeon that we go into. So that is that is why the Vex are so enthralled with the data that is in this place, is because it is scans of you know, the galaxy Everything. and outside galaxies and Everything. how to travel to there and all yeah. of this stuff that, um, the Vex and the Vex that are in there are the, are the soul divisive. I was going to say, it was interesting to me to see that, that they were, they've been brought back because, because even in, even ghost is like, you know, I thought that they'd be kind of off in nowhere or maybe it was Osiris that was saying like, I thought they'd be off in the black garden, like just, worshiping the witness they're happy as little happy as little ants as they are but they're very interested in this spire what this confirms for me is that the witness is now has direct control over yep. this group of the vex absolutely absolutely this is this is this group specifically the soul divisive so and i think that's that's important to stay here the witness doesn't have full control over every vex everywhere. It right. definitely has full control over any of the vex that existed in or around the Black Garden. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and so the other thing here is that it's uh, implied while we're going through this dungeon. So we we mostly get there because I. Uh, the and we were right about this, which I'm so so happy about. The time warps on Mars, uh, kind of popped this place brought, back into existence. Brought it back. I know. I was so excited when when they when when they, when that was the first thing they brought up was like, hey, there's these time and there's these anomalies across Mars, and like this this station has come back as as its past self. Now we may be able to get further into it than we could today because today is probably super degraded and falling apart and it's it's like it's it, it like today it would be like the way we found Rasputin uh the when we first found him back in D1 remember when when there's yep. that one mission like you come up to the console and you start blipping it in and then like this antenna array is like slowly coming up out of the ground and slowly unfolding itself and this whole time all these hive are coming in i think that's part of the new light missions now that might actually be part of the new light missions for D2 now. I think it is. Yeah, I think they they added it back in. Cuz it's a super important story beat now. Like Rasputin is super important to the Destiny universe. And so to 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 like not have that is like a a big like question mark. So for that yeah. to be one of the main things that the 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 new lights get to see. But yeah, no, this that's awesome. I love that it that that it showed you know, this this there are sections of Mars that are that are remembering what they were. <clears throat> Yeah. No, so, yeah. I, I think it's a it's an awesome use of kind of that story beat from the Witch Queen. I am super happy to see them use that uh to to great effect in 
in a, a dungeon and in, in content like this. Yeah. Uh, it'd be, I do say it would be nice if it wasn't just a like, Hey, it's back because of time rifts. If we actually like interacted with time rifts in the dungeon, that oh, would be super sure. cool. But sure. I'll take what but I But it's get. almost like the entire dungeon exists as a time rift. Right. Cause that yeah. was the thing too. And, and, and this is, this is more indicative of it being soul divisive. All the Vex in there have green moss on them. Yes. Yep. They're all from the it. garden. They are from the garden. That's that's one thing that if you ever want to like kind of if you ever look at Vex, Vex, if you ever look at Vex and you see him with the green moss, that is specifically soul divisive or um, Vex from the black garden. Yeah. So we are there um, to try and gather golden age information, uh, not realizing what this is the home of uh, until as we're going through um, Osiris kind of on with us on on comms uh he realizes that like there there is trout you know there there is scans in here that could prove me right that could show where that colony on neptune existed like we we need this info and it and it makes sense why the vex want this info because you know this is all stuff that is going to make the witnesses job uh, a lot easier Uh, And would show him that maybe there's a few that got away kind of thing. Because that's that's an important thing to remember, too. Everything about this colony is human. This is a human colony that's yep. on Neptune. So, yeah, it, it, it yeah, this is this is this is a this is a big a big find if we can get, if we can get any of that data that's in there. So we're we're fighting through. um you know, killing off the Vex to prevent them from accessing this data. And then also, uh, and then at the end, preventing the Vex from blowing up the facility uh, right. to prevent us from accessing the data. Exactly. Uh, so, but we, you know, we eventually finish it out. And for those that are lucky enough to get the exotic bow to drop, Hierarchy of Needs is the name of the bow. And it has a very interesting lore card which is more or less the conclusion to Sotera's story. I mean, the uh, name alone is pretty telling. Like, Yeah. So uh, the lore card for Hierarchy of Needs goes like this. Osiris, exciting news. You're going to love this. Rogue AI imprisoned in a Bray cell block from now all the way back to the collapse guess what? The Guardian, you know the one, they bust open her cell and she, the AI, pulls herself together and escapes while the Vex are trying to organize a defense. The kicker is the only networked AI host nearby was an old survivalist caster bow from the colony missions. Might sound primitive, but seraphs would link those things to orbital weapon platforms and bring wild planets to heal. Now swap weapon platforms for a paracausal power and an AI running flight trajectories on your arrows. I swear, anything sentient has a chance to wind up as a weapon around the Guardian. Anyway, seems that being partitioned for so long and not coming back together with all of her parts has left that AI with more than a few quirks. She's borderline non-functional, won't or can't communicate, but a lot of her subconscious routines are still firing. Trajectory predictors still seem to work just fine. The few firing tests I ran produced explosive results. I guess terminal velocity translates across mediums. 
There's still another part of her rogue AI out there. Who knows what happened to that one ship that got away? Maybe it could have drifted off for centuries, a little piece of her aboard like a good luck charm. I mean, it probably didn't make it. If the Exodus programs are any indication, pretty much nothing survived the eclipse. But anyway, that's the lowdown on the bowdown. Great, I've vocalized that now. Uh, oh, we also downloaded everything. I'll send you a copy sometime. Another thought. Might be good for Banshee to take a look? Or after reading some of the logs, maybe that'd be a bad idea. Opinions? And that's the end of the lore card. Opinion one, bad idea. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah, no, I love this. I yeah. love the the idea. Like, I mean, that, that literally explains why the bow does what it does, um, which I don't have it either. But I, you know me, I'm the bow guy. Like, that's, mm -hmm. I, there was like two whole seasons. I ran triple bow and was like, and, and not even as like a joke. I was like, let's go do Grandmasters. And I was like, okay, I got my triple bow. Let's go. Hey, it worked. Um, it was fantastic. It was. It's still glorious. I still like that loadout. But no. So this Sotera, or what's left of her, uh, pulled itself together and transported itself into this bow, and uh, and now the Guardian is shooting a bow with the power of a AI that was planning interstellar orbital travel. <laughs> yeah. But like Anna, like Anna says, terminal velocity still exists. So yep. <laughs> something can only travel so fast until it just breaks apart. Like it just it, physics still exists in this universe until we can bypass physics. <laughs> you're going to have some issues. So here's the thing. Anna mentions there's still another part of her rogue AI out there. Who knows what happened to that one ship that got away? Maybe it drifted for centuries. A little piece of her aboard, like a good luck charm. Now, Anna's kind of writing it off. I think it's that one ship. Which I think it's one of those one? ships that that she launched. The the oh, one that, that, which, she, that launched. she launched yeah. in her. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, it's definitely that ship. Which I, I'm, I'm gonna. This is a very, uh, you know, there's no information outside of what we just read to support this, but I'm gonna theorize because I want it to happen. That after the final shape, we get to travel outside of our solar system, and one of the places we come across is a colony of exos that this AI helped make. Oh, that'd be awesome. I think that would be so cool. I'd, I'd also love the reverse of it, right? Like if that exo comes to us. Oh, yeah. And it's like, hey, what y'all doing? I remember you guys. Yeah. So I see you, you should lived. be dead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Turns out paracausality is uh kind of nice. Okay. So so the whole reason we're in there is is to is to gather information and then once we get to the end of it um as as far the, uh so that's I mean that's that's the dungeon itself yep. like that's why we're in there. As far as like any of the named vex that are in there um is there any importance to any of them that you know? Not as far as I'm aware. They're just kind of general. Another another mind, another yeah, yeah. giant fucking Warfarin. They would put a Warfarin as a fucking boss. Like, <laughs> yeah. Assholes. Um, um, but yeah. So yeah. Uh, and then you said there's a, there's, a, there's also a, uh, like a post uh, story to the, yeah, uh, to the dungeon. So, um, post story 
in in a way so it, it doesn't necessarily inform us more about what's happening at the dungeon but anna does lead another fire team through the dungeon after our guardian returns um essentially to a secondary like sweep to now now that yep. they know what was there go in try and see if there's more info they can gather um and and say that reading can be seen on the armor set from the dungeon and it's all the cards are the same across all the different classes. Uh, it is quite long, so I don't know if we want to read it tonight or if we would le- okay. rather leave can, that we- as a, you know, if people want to, that's where they can find it. Yeah, absolutely. We'll leave that as a, as a stu- stu- study. <laughs> do do like myth and not like Zor, and just go study your lore. Say, uh, it may be one we come back to at great, some point now I've to do. That. Now that's a thing. Yeah, it may be something we come back to at some point to do like a lore short on, uh, if sure. we if we want to. But uh, it it doesn't really give us any story about the dungeon per se or about the season. It's more information about this fire team that Anna is with okay. and the members of it, which is, is interesting and has topics worth talking about, but, uh, we're already over by a half hour. So I was going to say, uh, we're, we're, we're getting a little long here. We're, so we're going to leave that to, uh, for, for you guys to investigate on your own. If, if you sound, if it sounds interesting. Absolutely. Well, that's our, uh, that's our little seasonal and, and dungeon, uh, um, review and yeah. reaction to i yeah um god we i i want to i uh that's kind of the end of the lore stuff now for this episode uh we have we're, we're gonna we're gonna do a little bit more discussion well, not discussion we got a little bit more things to talk about here um first off shout outs i know we've got some yeah so we have some shout outs tonight uh so the first of which come to us from our twitter page uh, we have a few here. Uh, we have one from uh, Dark Tanyon, who we have mentioned before, that says, uh, great wrap-up on the Elixir timeline. I can't count how many times Myth almost made Zor cry. Dude, it was, rid- like, it was ridiculous. There were, especially that last episode, I could not keep it together. Like, I was borderline sick last episode when we recorded it, and then I got really sick the next day. Like, I had, like, a 104 temperature for three or four days. It was the flu. It sucked. I hated it. Yeah. But that last episode, like, the interactions between... Ido and and Mithrax reminded me of like stuff between me and my dad and my my dad passed away a, a while back um and and so like I was getting really emotional on those so I was that was yeah 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 this there were... those those were those were good 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 tears happy tears sad tears um and yeah no absolutely um Another one that came to us from Twitter from a Viper N79 who says, I just downloaded Twitter to say this, but feel free to shoot screams. Feel free to shoot screams. <laughs> they are not smallen, but rather scorn who have died and been brought back so many times that they're now just masses of dark ether with no sense of self. Love you guys, by the way. Uh, uh, okay. Uh, uh, all so, right. Someone's right. trying to get you your raid slot back in, in That's Val. Clearly. <laughs> clearly. I see this now. Okay. All uh, right. I like it. Yeah. I like it. Just, just to put it out there, we 
we had no evidence to suggest that screams were small. And it was just a, it, it was a, you know, we connected dots that may not have existed there, but it was a fun one to, to th- that know, is. theorize about. I still, I still second guess myself every time I shoot one now, though. Like, I'm still like, <laughs> oh, are you a small? And oh, fuck. I, oh, well. Trinity Ghoul, do your thing. Yep. Like, yep. If I don't shoot them directly and it just arcs to them, maybe it's not my fault. Maybe it's just their fault for running into it. Keep telling yourself that. That's what I'm going. That's what, that's what it is. Or Ark Souls. That, that little shit did it, not me. <laughs> Ark Souls, yeah. They have no conscience. Those little fuckers are powerful, too. Oh, my God. Man, they buffed the snot out of them. They, I, I'm, there's sometimes I'm going through stuff. I'm not, even, I'm not even shooting. I'm just walking. And I'm just like, that's dead. That's dead. That's dead. That, nope, that's dead. Yeah. Yeah. They, I, I fully expect Ark Souls to get a nerf. <laughs> So the last shout out from Twitter uh, comes to us from Nico Angelino, who uh, we've had a couple times before as well, uh, who says such a great podcast following for almost a year and never disappoint uh, such interesting lore dives and helping us simple minded folks understanding the big words and deeper meanings. Hey, that's, Thank that's you. what we're here for, man. Like half, I mean, y'all know how many times we have to Google shit in the middle of an episode. Oh yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Well, thank you all three of you. Uh, um, yeah. Though that's, yeah. Thank you. So our last shout out of the evening comes to us from Apple podcasts, uh, was a review that somebody left, uh, very kind five stars. Um, this comes to us from Mr. Landerson, who I cannot say your name without in my head doing the, uh, the matrix. Mr. Landerson. Yep. Yep. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. But, uh, so they said, uh, I found you guys when I was looking for a general lore podcast after returning to destiny from a two year break. I knew the general story of the books of sorrow, but saw that you had covered it and started there. Little did I know how well you both did at covering the story, and I was hooked. I learned so much more about it that I didn't know, and it made me want to pay more attention to the awesome lore this game has to offer. As of today, I've listened to all of the episodes, and I'm a little sad that now I have to wait a week between each new one. Thank you for putting so much effort into these for all of us to listen and enjoy. Keep up the great work. That's awesome. That's... that's... That's fucking awesome. That, that's a pretty feel good one. You're you're awesome, Neo. You're awesome. Oh, <laughs> uh, so thank you to all of all of those, everyone that that uh, you know took some time out of their day to to leave a comment, and those that just enjoy listening to us, even if you don't say anything, we appreciate you just as much. So thank you. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and as far as, as far as having to wait a whole week, uh, I guess on a, on kind of a sad note, this is, this is our final episode of the year. Uh, we won't be recording for the next two weeks. Uh, so unfortunately you'll have to wait a little bit longer, uh, than a week to, to hear our next one. Uh, but we're going to start a, we're going to start a new series, uh, in 2023. Uh, I'm I'm super excited for this. I'm so excited. Um, can I tell them what it is, or does it have to be a secret? No, no, go for it. Yeah, I we're we're gonna we're gonna do it all. We're gonna do all of Clovis, all of the Warmind, all of Rasputin, all of Siva, all of 
the 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 Iron Lords, Fellwinter, all of it. We're gonna we're gonna smash all of it together. We're gonna go through all the the collector's edition books, the the all the, everything Bray's. It's it, Bray, the series. That's that's what's happening. That's our next big project. Yeah, and let me tell you, you thought the Awoken series was long. Oh, this is, this is <laughs> this is gonna go into Lightfall. I think like this is this the Bray series is gonna be freaking long. But that's why Myth gets to do all the work, and I get to just sit back and listen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, but we'll we'll break it up a little bit as far as um, when th- stuff is released. It's not all just going to be you know history of Braytech part one through a billion, one through a billion. I like that. Uh, you know, we'll have history of Braytech, uh, and then history of Resputin, history of iron lords slash siva yeah well well it'll all be connected but it will kind of be broken up so if you're only interested in a particular part of that timeline you'll you'll kind of know where to start like i said i i trust myth he he knows what he's doing i'm just here for the ride uh but again uh thank all of you i we we never i don't think we ever thought we'd get to I, myth are we are we pushing a hundred thousand um, for for the end of the year, that's a, as that'd far be as total a little listens. optimistic. Uh, okay, last time I checked was which was like a week ago. We were at uh, we were at sixty nine thousand listens. Yes. Now we have we have crested seventy. Uh, we are seventy thousand listens. Let me look seventy thousand listens. That's you guys. That's all of you out there. Yeah. In podcast land, that's holy shit so as you guys of, are awesome as of our recording tonight we are at seventy two thousand. Seventy two thousand listens holy shit you guys are you guys are awesome keep staying awesome yeah absolutely uh myth anything else and, and you got any any i guess like i still gotta thank you <laughs> for tonight i'll thank rasputin tonight well there you go yeah 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 Prevet. Privet Gabushka. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, so just as Zor said, this is our, our final episode of the year. We're taking uh, some time for wrapping up stuff uh, at work as well as, you know, family holidays and whatnot. Um, so we will see you all in 2023. But if you want to uh, reach out in the meantime, uh, you can contact us for as long as it's around at Twitter uh, at Myths and Stories with a Z instead of an S. It's it keeps staying around. I keep waiting. I keep waiting to wake up and see it dead, and it's still there. I know. Uh, but yeah, you can reach out to us there. I uh, I respond, you know, periodically as as much as I can. Um, and uh, otherwise, we will see y'all in the new year. And of course, thank you, Myth, for putting up with me and allowing me to be along on this ride throughout this entire year. So thank you, Myth. Thank you, everyone out there that listens, uh, that tells your friends, that retweets us to somebody. The the few of you that have been like, hey, DMG, hey, Cosmo, hey, Ad Bungie, let's check these guys out. Like, you guys are freaking awesome. Uh, And thank you. Uh, so yeah, so here's to, here's to one fantastic year, uh, and, and many, many more to come.
Uh, Myth, you got anything else? That's it. All righty. Well, from all of us lore nerds and lore daddies to all of you guardians out there, we'll see you next year.